I lost almost two hours of my life watching this pretentious, awkward, tedious, repetitive nonsense masquerading as a film. Mm. Michael Bay left a review on IMDb. <laughs> this is an in-your-face director's overindulgence in experimenting and lacks even the pretense of trying to tell an entertaining story. Oh, that's... That could apply to most movies, but not this one. (laughs) You'll need a strong motivation to sit through this indulgent mush of an experiment in viewers' goodwill. My motivation is good movies? Indulgent mush was my nickname in college. (laughs) You. (laughs) Don't think too hard on it. That is a one-star review from IMDb. And welcome everyone to Spoilers Presented, <laughs> a spot, a, a, a podcast. podcast. Mush, mush, mush drugs again. And films. A podcast about series and films. I'm Steven, joined as always by Andrew. Hello. And over there is some <laughs> indulgent mush. <laughs> it's me, the old musher. <laughs> also known as Ryan. That's me, hi. <laughs> All right. So for this episode, we are talking about... Wes Anderson's classic. Can I call it a classic? I'm going to call it a classic. I, Grand, you can call anything a classic if you want to. <laughs> so. Wes Anderson's film. Movie. <laughs> That's the most generic. Cinema. You sound like an AI trying to describe something. <laughs> Wes Anderson film. Cinema. Movie. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's kick this off with a little synopsis. You about? didn't even say the name. I said Grand Budapest Hotel. Did you? His I don't classic. know if he did. <laughs> I don't think he did. I said Wes Anderson's classic, if you can call it that, Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Maybe we that? just talked over it. We did. Sure I did, think we yeah. steamrolled right Maybe over it. ignored it. It's fine. So, this was released in 2014 mm-hmm. and is all about a writer who encounters the owner of an aging high-class hotel who tells him of his early years serving as a lobby boy in the hotel's glorious years under an exceptional concierge. All right, so all I'm going to say is, I've never seen this film mm-hmm. until watching it for this review. Yeah. My wife had never seen this film until watching it for this You've also never review. seen a Wes Anderson film. This is my first Wes Anderson film. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I pulled it up because Lauren was like, well, I don't know. If, do I want to watch this with you? I don't know. Well, what's it about? I pulled up the sign. I read that, and we both sat there dumbfounded. We were like... Okay, look, I gotta admit, I didn't know what Grand Budapest Hotel was about, but it, I, <laughs> I didn't think it was, think about it was this. this. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea what it was going to be, right? Yeah. Well, tell us. <laughs> well, I did. I gave you a synopsis. That was the synopsis. Already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's knock out some basic info and then give yeah. some opinions. Let's here. go for it. So, yep. this was released in 2014, yep, as yep, mentioned, mm-hmm. already uh, directed by Wes Anderson. Yep, yep, yep. So, this is starring <laughs> Ralph Fiennes. Rafe. Fun. Rafe. Yeah. Rafe. Yeah. We talked about this before. It's spelled Ralph, but it's it pronounced sure Rafe. Is. I look at it. I'm just like, that's Ralph. <laughs> I always say Rafe Finnis, but I know it's fine. So, so what's yeah. funny is I asked Ryan before this, I was like, so how do you pronounce Ralph Finnis? And he's like, well, first of all, it's Rafe. It's like, crap. That's not the word I was worried about. I thought that was easy. <laughs> I thought I had Ralph in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Rafe oh, finds Ralph. Uh, oh, Ralph. F. Murray Abraham. Yep. Adrian Brody. Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, Jude Law, Edward Norton, Tony Revolori, Tilda Swinton, Owen Wilson, Edward Norton, and Shersha Ronan. Yep. I didn't mispronounce that name. Her name, I, I've been calling her Cirrosi for like <laughs> Cir- oh, decades. Cirrosis. Back Cirrosis. On 
Uh, so music by. Did Alan... you have William Defoe in there? I did. Yeah, okay. he did. Yep. Yeah. Man, I'm just like I just <laughs> you, I'm, I'm just not hearing anything right now. My monitor's not working. I don't know what's happening. Is, is, is my brain wearing off on you, where things just don't stick? Oh, I'm struggling. So I'm yeah. glad that we had that pause because I looked at music by. I was like, well, that's wrong too. Apple really wants Alexander Desplat. Alexander Desplat. Uh, but it said it had Alexandra. And it's like, well, I know that's not right. That's not. It's Alexander. It's Alexander Desplat. Okay, that sounds so, like yeah, the noise when you drop something out of the balcony. <laughs> that's the moment when you your buttered toast falls out of your hand and you know it's coming down butter side. Oh, oh, every time, every, every time. time, right onto a cat that immediately lands on its feet. And Solve that problem, <laughs> physicist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Infinite, Infinite energy. energy. <laughs> this is it. Is how we power the world. <laughs> Calm down, climate change. We got your fossil fuel solution right here. <laughs> So you put two pieces of toast on opposite sides and it can't decide which way to make it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to the movie. No, no, you put it butter side up on a cat's okay. back and then it, it wants to land feet down, but the butter has to hit the ground first. Yes. All right. So, anyways, uh, so. I'll send this up to the boys in the lab after the episode recording. <laughs> so, Continue. Uh, he is known for uh, The King's Speech, Argo, Asteroid City, which is a recent Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, my notes are weird. Oh, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay. I, just put, I just put GDT, assuming that I would know. <laughs> so I looked at it from those, the heck is GDT? I abbreviated myself out of Pat Stephen well, was a The thing jerk. is, I was worried that Apple was going to correct it, and I was going to screw it up. So I looked down, I was like, uh. Yeah. Uh, so this is made on a budget of $25 million. Oh, wow. Wow. Right? That's actually really low. I think oh. that the paychecks for just the actors alone would be more than $25 million. Well, I think because it's kind of like a, an so, indie-ish film, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of them are just like, yeah, whatever. And they're, they be, probably, so, I think a lot of them are like personal friends with Wes Anderson. A lot of fun. They're just like it. hanging out. Well, yeah. I feel like when you have these directors like Wes Anderson, um, Chris Nolan, Nolan, yeah, who always have like this, this big stable of ensemble cast that they can call mm-hmm. on. One, they must be really fun to work for, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're like, hey, I could get paid and do like this grueling shoot in the middle of nowhere where I gotta wear, you know, I gotta do eight hours of makeup. Or I could show up to Wes Anderson's film where I don't even have to pretend to have an accent for whatever weird and, and reason just, he yeah. shows. Stare at the in. camera. Yeah, and just deadpan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, box <laughs> office. That is Jeff Goldblum's wheelhouse right there. Oh, man. And he oh, does it with a plume. Dude, when we get into the trivia on this film, oh, man. Let me tell you, I had some fun. Yeah. Uh, so, box office on a budget of $25 million, $173 million. Okay. That's quite solid. I mean, that's, that's a really good return. That's a good that's return. Quite, yeah, quite for a sure. Return. Uh, so, this is a unconventional. And I, that's in quotes. Mm-hmm. Adaptation of Stefan Zwig's memoir, The World of Yesterday. Oh, interesting. Okay. I didn't know so, it was based so on yeah. anything. Again, unconventional adaptation. They have almost nothing in common. Okay. <laughs> Besides it's maybe just, the name. They got the title. <laughs> well, it's kind of, I think it's the way the story is framed. Like the concept of a writer talk. Like, because, oh, because like we, we, we start the film and it's like a book written by an author of, that's a story of this him being meeting, read it, yeah, by someone else. Yeah, it's so it's like this weird framing thing. Going yeah, on. yeah. Okay. So uh, let's get into it. Give me some thoughts here. Uh, so I, I'm not a big like Wes Anderson stan. I've seen a lot of his films. And we know mm-hmm. at least one guy whose wedding was Wes Anderson themed. Oh wow, really? So like the scale is. Out different, there. yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. So I, I mean, like, I really He's enjoy this. I, can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really enjoy this movie quite a bit. I think yeah. this is probably one of his best, if not his best one mm-hmm. that okay. he's done. That's that. See, that disappoints me. So that disappoints. Uh, c- me. Keep going. Well, yeah. Well, so <laughs> like, like the only other one that I would really because I've seen Asteroid City, the newest one, mm-hmm. and then uh, Moonrise Kingdom and um, Life Aquatic, and those. I thought Moonrise Kingdom and 
Grand Budapest really hit a really good stride for him. Mm-hmm. Where like Asteroid City was a little bit too Wes Anderson for me. This one feels he's kind of leaning into the memes. Yeah, this this, this one feels like the kind of like peak of his like in, like earnest to have his own specific style with also not leaning into the style to just lean into it. Where, like, right. like it becomes a, a, a trope or a cliche. Yeah. It feels yeah. fresh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I really like the story with this one because you have like there's actually some really good like World War II style um, intrigue mm-hmm. in there. And, and, and all like made up countries, everything else. Yeah. And Rafe Fiennes does a fantastic job. Uh, just because he does a really good portrayal of just this, not a great, great person, but he's, right. he's, he is what we call an eccentric character, yes. but he's endearing. He is. And he has, yeah. he has well, one he heck has, of a story. Well, right? that's the yeah. thing too, is he has his morals and he will absolutely he has, stick by He has them. his code. Yeah. His code is not necessarily what we would consider typical morality. Yes. But he sticks to his code. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah. So I, I really like this movie. I, I love Grand Budapest. It's probably not my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but I think okay. the argument could be made that it might be his best movie. Yeah. But like my, my whole trajectory with Wes Anderson is different in that like I have emotional stakes with other movies of his mm-hmm. that put them higher on my list. Gotcha. And that's so because what they would those hit. Films be? Give me a, give okay, me a so list. the first movie I ever saw was Royal Tenenbaums. Okay. See, I was surprised I, Andrew didn't bring because that's the one that I yeah. hear a lot. It's probably it's my fine. favorite because it's the f- my first entry to Wes Anderson, gotcha. and, and it's it's not a bad film by any means. I love like, it. It's, yeah, it's like fantastic. It's, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's just not really one of mine that right, like I vibe next, with. What's next so okay, what's so first movie going? I saw was of, of his bombs, was yeah. Tenenbaums, and I saw it after you know it came out to rent, and I watched it. and I was like, what? It, like it was such a for me a fresh. It's a different take different, on yeah. a different style that I went back and I watched Rushmore after that, which was the first time I had seen Jason Schwartzman in anything, mm-hmm. which just floored me. I loved Jason Schwartzman after that one, and I love Bill Murray anyway. So Rushmore is just classic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And I'm stepping back. Then I went to his first film, Bottle Rocket, Bottle Rocket. with uh, Luke and Owen Wilson, yeah. right? Which is Ooh. definitely the least Wes Anderson I like, movie. I like both of them. Like, oh yeah, I feel like Luke Wilson it's, it's is not a little a, under under. I, I like Bottle Rock. I've talked about. I used it on one of the um, as like a pick for something on one of these. Something, yeah, yeah, okay. like a, a anyway. heist movie because mm-hmm. it's kind of a heist. Uh, uh, but it uh, it's very raw, and to me, that's good in some ways because it's like it's before it's he's fresh. perfected everything. Yeah, uh, but I love okay. what, Life Aquatic. All right. As another one. Whole catalog. Well, I'm there. just trying to walk through like, I, I think Darjeeling Limited is the one that emotionally resonated with me the most. It's the one that like. I don't know. For some reason, at that point in my life, it struck a chord it, with yeah, me. Yeah, landed right. Okay. So I have all. The, I have a huge appreciation for Wes Anderson. So you I'm not a pool of Wes Anderson. Yeah, yet. I'm not going to have like a wedding themed after Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I tend to gravitate towards directors that have a very specific style. style distinct. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of times, because and especially when it's something like him, where there's just so much attention to detail in the tiny. And there's a lot of charm. In there's a lot of charm in it. There yeah, is. yeah, there yeah. is. And I, I completely understand if his style is not your thing. Mm-hmm. I get that. But for me, bringing it back to like Grand Budapest, right? Like, I think this one, the the where this one kind of takes the Wes Anderson style and kind of ups it a little bit is the playing with like the, the film format of like the ultra wide for the mm-hmm. 70s stuff. The yeah. Like 16 by nine, not anamorphic for the um, modern day, mm-hmm. if you will, the 80s stuff. Yeah. And then the uh, four by three uh, for the 30s. 19, 1920s, yeah, 20s, 30s. 30s yeah. yeah, that stuff. So like, 
he plays with that more and his camera work in this one a lot more than I think what you're seeing in this movie is a lot of the evolution of his style. Well, and from he, other stuff. he does so much miniature work in this. I loved it. That, that yeah. it really adds to a lot of the charm of like his style in the film. Yeah. Where like, I mean, he's done miniature work before this, like yeah. in Life Aquatic and everything. But this, I think he really upped the game. Oh, for sure. To, to really like it was like a lot of it was just perfect. When I feel like Fantastic Mr. Fox was his first stop motion movie. It was, yeah. And I feel like that probably gave him a lot of experience with, like... the ability mm -hmm. of of how to do this. Everything's a miniature, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that probably got him in a headspace, or in at least a a filmmaking, working technique, you know, thing to really take it to the next level. I love all the characters in this. I think that's, for me, one of the biggest hallmarks of a Wes Anderson movie is isn't just, like, the... You know, the quirkiness. And it's like the it's, motifs of the characters. It's that yeah. you have all these really weird, unique people, and then they all are, like, somewhat broken and flawed, but they all fit together mm-hmm. in, like, this w- weird way where, like, you, you have the character, so, like... Um, uh, his characters feel very similar to me to Kurt Vonnegut characters in yeah. books, where they all feel like they're very lived-in You know, like, a lot of classic characters they just like you go to fantasy or comics they arise their parents are dead mm-hmm. they have one main point and everything revolves around this one point and it's like, that's not really real life you know like right. Bruce Wayne doesn't wake up every morning about his parents like this morning he got up out of bed and he stubbed his toe today's problem is the stupid toe and why is yeah. this furniture right well, yeah. now and that's, that's the thing it's like like Wes Anderson's characters have always been very nuanced mm-hmm. and like they have so much depth to them without any kind of like real exposition of like what they're about There's, they show a yeah. 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 Well, and like when you look at like the the relationship developed between Gustav and Zero, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Over the course of the movie, it does not follow a traditional arc of what you would think like, oh, it's going to go here then. Here, yeah, yeah. lots of little zigzags there, in it's, it. Yeah. yeah, it kind of it's a moving, I don't know, an evolving it's a blob. thing. And it kind of does that with a, blob. a lot of <laughs> a lot of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like you do you get shades of extra revelations about them in like these what would in some movies be like a throwaway scene? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's very much so yeah. uh, a vignette, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Little, little well, side, so side show. Stephen, what did you think about it? So yeah. I am disappointed that y'all are telling me that this is, or at least from Andrew's perspective, this is his favorite. That this is pretty high on Ryan's list. Yeah, because I love this film, and I, it, I don't like the concept that I may have started at the top. Yeah, yeah you to may have hit the top and I don't then know. Have to yeah. go down. I mean, I, I had a well, lot of fun with this. Now I'll definitely say this. Yeah. Every Wes Anderson film is very different than the other ones that came before it or after it. Mm -hmm. Like, they have very specific plot and story goals and designs of how the movie's laid out. Okay. Right. It's not like you're going to go into, like, Moonrise Kingdom and be like, oh, this is just like Grand Budapest Hotel. No. Completely. Completely different. That at least means you have, even though the style may feel very familiar and similar. That at least means there's something different to get into. There, there 100% absolutely is. Yeah. Because, like, y- y'all know me. A- anytime you throw some whimsy, some mm-hmm. weird at me, like, I'm in, right? Yeah. Uh, you so should go through his whole back catalog. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't like I don't like quirky because quirky feels forced. Uh-huh. I want we- I want to I be a little weird. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, I, the whimsy of, like, the hotel, right? The, the whimsy around that yeah. and concept of, you know, through the years, et cetera, et cetera. I, I love that. I will say his earlier movies have a little less whimsy just because the budgets were lower. He didn't yeah, as have... As long as what you can do, yeah. Yeah, it's real locations, well, you know. saying that, I mean, the budget here, $25 million. Right, no. Oh, it, my God. I think I've always appreciated... Yeah, Wes, for, like, he's one of those filmmakers that does a lot with a little... 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it can be a static shot in a single room with a person looking deadpan at the camera, but so much more happens in that yeah. frame yes. than well, an entire scene from well, another movie. Well, it's got know? kind of almost a, a Ghibli feel to it where in a lot of movies, your background is just like uh, it's darkness or it's like a sharp contrast light. Or mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit, there's just, there's stuff in the background. There's always, yeah. well, there, there's the always things happening. And the thing that I love about his movies is mm-hmm. there's always a story within a story for everything that's happening. Not with our main characters. Someone, someone right. always has something else going yeah, on. There's always right. something, just small little minutia that, yeah. that it, like, if you don't catch it, that's fine. But if you do, it just adds a one more layer to the yeah. world that he's building. And it's fantastic. It's very similar to Miyazaki and Ghibli films because they're just so hard up on making sure that these details are there. It has a definite feel where when you are introduced to the quote-unquote main character, they don't just feel like a main character in a film. They feel like another person going about their day while all these other people are going about their life around them. Yeah. Well, what happens? Kind of, it's nice. It gets you away from like the classic hero's journey, or you know, yeah. any of that kind of stuff. When you have these ostensibly minor characters that may be only in a few scenes, but even the scenes they're in, there's like a mini arc of yeah. like you get either a hint they, they of the past, moment, they get a moment to shine, and we'll, or, we'll, yeah. we'll get some more into that when we go past the spoiler wall because yeah. there's, a, the there's like two threshold. characters that I absolutely love in this movie. Yeah, wow, just two. Well, I mean, like, well, I like, they're like small, specifically yeah. just the small little bit parts. Yeah. yeah. Which, so again, what I would say to bad. you, Steven, if, if like to in terms of other Wes Anderson movies is like they all have a, a similar aesthetic to mm-hmm. a degree and a similar style. Well, like he frames things kind yes. of the same way. He has the kind of, same kind of cuts. And the, and the humor kind of is very dry mm-hmm. and kind of like that weird stuff all the way. So, but, like, that's good. But, like, there are certain Wes Anderson movies that hit harder for me, again, because the subject matter is mm-hmm. more Like, Dark Dealing Limited is, is definitely one of those. Right, yeah. Like, like that this, one, this feels yeah. kind of like a safe film in the sense that there isn't, and this could be a negative too, I don't know. There isn't, mm. like, one story thread that's, like, heavy emotionally you're heavily emotionally attached to Mm -hmm. because i I just there's nothing to relate to here per se but it just kind of flows along you enjoy it whereas you may be a different story you have a different uh, there's a relationship with their mother it's like oh i can kind of yeah i fit with that a little more you would definitely like moonrise kingdom okay Mm -hmm. that's that's just my general guess right there knowing you i think i think the key to me and this is just an uneducated assumption but i think a lot of it is like there's a lot of family dynamics and a lot of found family a lot of like friendships Mm -hmm. in a lot of his movies this this is very found family when you have one that hits close to what you went through on something all of a sudden another layer yeah yeah yeah. whereas like someone else watching that same film may not have had that dynamic with their brother or Mm, something you know so they don't have the same reaction you know yeah that's fair All right, if you want to be part of a secret society that has each other's back, <laughs> bonded by a unifying goal of listening to Spoilers like Intended. Good. This is solid, yeah. Then I have I got a website that you need to check out. It's called spoilersintendedpodcast.com. There, you can find links to all of our previous episodes. Join a brotherhood of other listeners, a secret society, if you will, that should not be secret anymore. (laughs) If if you check out the links on that website, you'll find our Discord, where you can come and interact with your fellow society brothers and sisters. Have conversations. They can be private. We've got spoiler threads in there where if you want to discuss a show and not everyone gets spoiled by it, we've got that in there. Uh, If you want to come 
Check out what people are making for dinner. I want to see your pet. So just like every secret society, you have to have a pyramid scheme. And oh, our, pyramid, oh, our no. pyramid scheme is you need to go to our social accounts, oh, sh- follow the them, MLM? and then share them <laughs> to your that? friends. So then they can share them to their friends. And then they can share them to, to their, their friends. friends. And, and their we friends, have a Facebook and, and an Instagram. Those Spread are the only the two word. we got. And there you go. That's your, that's your goal. Alrighty, and we are back. We have ridden the train past the th- actually to the spoiler wall. Then we took the <laughs> chain lift up to the spoiler wall yes. and the stairs down on the other side. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Maybe a bobsled. In, in true Wes Anderson fashion. Ah, absolutely. Right, <laughs> yeah. So let's kick this off with a little bit of trivia. Okay. So speaking about that budget, in order to save on money, the cast stayed in the same hotel where it was shot. Oh, nice. I'm going oh, wow. to butcher this hotel's name, and I'm uh-huh. just going to commit to it. Okay. This is the Hotel Bors in Gorlitz, <laughs> Germany. In where? Gorlitz, Germany. Gorlitz. Gorlitz. Borsch and Gorlitz. Borsch. <laughs> it's not Borsch. It's Borsch. 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 B-O-R. It's like horse, but with a B. Borsch. <laughs> oh. Borsch. <laughs> that's, so, that's more like Eastern European at that point. It, does, yeah. it is very, yeah. So, so all the makeup and costume fittings happened in the lobby of the hotel. Oh, nice. That's if you wild. Want, if you want to know how he saved money. That's why it's only $25 million. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this was the highest grossing independent film of 2014. Uh, not surprising. Which I believe. Yeah. I mean, that's, this was really yeah. big when it came out. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So uh, Shusha, who plays Agatha, mm-hmm. uh, Anderson recalls her asking what accent, accent she should use for the character. He said, well, Rafe is speaking like an English person, and Jeff is speaking like Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> and Tony is speaking in the accent of Anaheim, and we have German actors with German accents. So I guess Irish. <laughs> so this was, this was the first time she had acted with her native accent. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That is so awesome. it just beat out. She had another film that came out in 2015 where she plays another Irish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it just beat that out. Nice. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. But it was also funny to me because I was just watching it. And like, does, there's no real, like, we're in a place. <laughs> do, you th- do you think Wes Anderson realized in that moment that he hadn't really he was given like, it? He's like, well, you know, no well, he's really talking like this doing. and he, he's talking like that. And Jeff Goldblum's just Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. I guess just do you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the fictional Republic of Zabroka um, yep. was named after a Polish vodka. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we know where some of the money went. <laughs> a good, strong Polish I mean, vodka. Now, to yes. be fair, I've been over to Poland, mm-hmm. and they have some fantastic vodka. Oh, yeah. do they really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. I, we were uh, we were at a tournament, and uh, our lo- or our friends from England mm-hmm. basically brought us out to a bunch of bars one night, as mm-hmm. as they do, and they're English. I was very hungover the next morning. That was it. Was a big team tournament against a bunch of different countries. Yeah, this and is their that, that play. was their stra- that was their strategy to get us hung How, over. And it, worked. And it worked. With yeah. a plume. <laughs> I still I still beat them though. So it's well, fine, oh, yeah. hey. hey. So going back to Ryan's point, uh, the mm-hmm. movie was shot in three different aspect ratios. So it's 1.37, 1.85, and 2.35 all mm-hmm. to one. Uh, to represent the three distinct timelines of 1985, 1968, and the 1930s. It does such mm. a good job with that, too. It, and it mm-hmm. really helps frame the concept of where you are, rather than like you know, like a Bond film where it tells you Russia, yeah, 1970, yeah. or whatever, you know? like. Uh, so let's see. So we played in our ad break here, uh, Moonshine or Moonshines. Uh, so the soundtrack features a rare instrument, mm-hmm. the balalaika, Oh, guarantee I butchered that. It's a three-stringed, triangular-shaped Russian folk instrument. Okay, nice. So it features in uh, Down the Ski Slopes and then 
Moonshines. Oh, yeah. Moonshines. Uh, let's wrap this one up. So Wes Anderson hired a St. Bernard off the streets of Gorlitz, including his owner, who was in the scene as the handler, meaning they didn't have to hire an animal wrangler. <laughs> this a, guy knows how to save on, a buck. Hold on. In Wes Anderson's own words, I hope that's legal. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you have an indie filmmaker and they get like kind of a budget. They're like, I'm not using all that. Yeah. We got this guy over here with a dog. He said he'd do it. He gave me a thumbs up. That's a permission, right? So, so you know where the budget went to. Uh, so Wes Anderson sent several of the cast and crew robes modeled after the hotel's color scheme. Oh, cool. And Jeff Goldblum wears his every day saying, it's my favorite robe. I mean, that, that's awesome. Is, this <laughs> is just a, very, this this just is, a Jeff Goldblum. This goes back to my point of, like, once you have this coterie of actors, they all want to show up because they have fun and they get cool. <laughs> coterie they get cool of stuff. actors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so final trivia. The scene in which Ludwig says, good luck, kid, before slapping Zero across the face was shot 42 times. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the flip side of Wes Anderson. He was slapped every single shot. I mean, that's the thing. When you want it right, you got to get it right. You got to get it right. You know yeah. what? Just get in there and beat the crap out of the kid. See if I can. All right. Harvey Keitel's like, I'll do it. Glad. Oh, Let me slap With pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the real world, kid. <laughs> Bow. All right. So let's let's get in some spoiler thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this movie is just pretty fantastic. Well, tell me why. Well, I really like the the time period that it's set in for the main story, where it's mm-hmm. kind of well, you know it's, basically it's, the analog for German fictional, but it's essentially the run up to World War Two. Yes, right, yeah. Uh, but it has a lot of the same, like the the confrontation on the train, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Gustav, you know, accuses him being fascist, he gets the crap beaten out of him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then. <laughs> All the people, uh, Edward Norton, Henkels, Henkels is his name. Henkel, but Edward Norton <laughs> shows up, and, and that, bails that's him just out. such a Wes Anderson scene too. Where it's like I'm terribly sorry about that. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> it's so polite. Apologize, to apologize. The yeah. Now get out of his sight. Go yeah. on, go. So the thing that I like about it too is it's a very disarming film in the sense of because it's kind of like this charming, earnest movie. Yeah, and then there's it's hyper violent for it's what it is. It is, most, yeah, and they all yeah. revolve around Willem Dafoe. It really well, does. Let me tell you. Oh man, he was just like I'm going to show up with a motorcycle jacket, a gun, and a flask. Oh, and that a, little flask attitude. jacket thing. I know that jacket's so, so cool. cool. <laughs> I love. It. I love whenever he, he he pulls it out and he just rips it off. Hey, and yeah, that's the first time I was like, I have to find this jacket. <laughs> and you find one, you're like, it's six hundred dollars. I can't hey. do it. <laughs> yeah. But, but his character, like, too, like, you, you got to wonder, like, how much, you know, direction did Wes Anderson give Willem Dafoe? Or is he like, just be weird. Just you got it. <laughs> like, do you think? Like, you, I dressed you this morning, Willem. You understand who you're supposed to be. Now get out there. I need you right? to look at the jacket and know your name is Jopling. Act. Well, so the, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, that feels Will, Willem showed up with his own jacket. Wes didn't have <laughs> enough budget for it. Willem's like, I got this from my closet. Oh, that's perfect. Well, this I is mean, probably legal. Go for it. I guarantee you that's what he does with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, oh sure. Absolutely. He's just like, you are a lawyer, an estate lawyer, or, or officiant, or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, like an estate. Uh, uh, executor. Yeah. Executor. executor. Yeah, there that's go. the word. Yeah. He, you're an executor of a state. You have, you have an attachment to your cat. And there you go. And there, you're by the b- book, you know, by the, by book, the letter. Yeah. So there was, there was, I didn't include it in the trivia. Did he just throw was, my cat out the window? <laughs> like, that's such a crazy story. It's like <laughs> this horrible thing happens because you are going like, did he just throw the cat out the window? And then Jeff goes, did he just throw my cat out, <laughs> out the, the window? window? Yeah. And then it like, yeah, it unravels. Yeah. I think, I do think, uh, you know, obviously a little warning there. Uh, that, that scene didn't sit great with my wife. For I mean, it, it doesn't sit great with me. I'm like, Ugh. well, especially since like watching it happen, I'm like, 
Cat should be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> cat fries yeah. ran off. You know, well, you know, then it's part of the story just because it's, it's, you know, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but even like when uh, Jeff Goldblum loses his fingers, I, I, like so the first time <laughs> oh, gosh, I saw this, happened, I was, I like, was not expecting that because Wes Anderson, yeah, traditionally doesn't have like a ton any of, kind of like violence. Oh, okay. Or, so I, I mean, there's some of his like, older stuff, but not all his films like this where it's just suddenly like hyper violent and then it goes back. Not to, really. Do, 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 no, not at all. Like what? Like, people die. Like, things happen in his movies and all. But yeah, yeah like, like, people get injured and stuff. When, when his digits just go <laughs> lopping off his finger, I was like, whoa. <laughs> but it's not, like, obsessively gory. No, you know, no, like, it's not, not like it, to, to, it doesn't revel it's in it. Like like, it's not, like, killed or like, like so, yeah. it, But it's funny, though, because, like, the other scene that is just so violent mm-hmm. and just in my mind is when they're escaping from the prison and then they open up the little like hatch oh, yeah. and, oh, all, and, all the and the dude just jumps yeah. down that there dude and just, just like just puts like, his knife in his mouth and just goes and you're like the job boys <laughs> what's happening and then it's like you see him like you know like like with his last gasp doing, yeah. doing like the saving private ryan move in there yeah. with the stab yeah but it's it's definitely it's one of those where like it's so disarming mm-hmm. that when it happens you're like Oh, oh well, everything yeah. up to this point has been so charming, right? Yeah. And then yeah. it's just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a very charming prison break. Everyone has their little role. Well, He's handing out the slop. I love know? that the um, one of my little bit character parts is the the dude that he gives the slop to. The big dude. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And then he, kill, he kills the other guy who's in the cell. Snitch. Who's yeah. got a yeah. snitch, which is just, I, it's a fantastic, like, he's in there for, what, maybe 20 seconds of the whole Tops. movie? Tops. It's like two yeah. shots real yeah. quick. Yeah, that, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about with Wes Anderson movies, where there would be these little tiny bit players that in any other movie just, this would have been just like just a, a yeah. irrelevant person. Yeah. Well, they, but they wouldn't even film the scene. You never know. Yeah, yeah. but it has this twist to it that makes it like, that guy's awesome. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, got the. So who's your other? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the, the other the other bit part that I really liked was Christopher or um, William Defoe. Wow, not Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. William Defoe. Well, just no. because like he's he he never really speaks or anything, and just like just he, he just walks around just being intimidating. He's just imposing. Well, he's yeah. also one of those like. He never really runs per se. Yeah. He just walks menacingly. He does. Like, yeah. He's like Frankenstein. It, well, I was going to go with uh, the, Halloween or something like that. But the yeah. shots yeah. Yeah. on the motorcycle, the tracking shots uh-huh. through the, the, the city. Oh, they're great. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> like every yeah. time that happens, I'm like, when it's behind him and in front of him, I'm yep. like, this is. Well, the, wow. there are a lot of kind of like slide shots where yeah. it's, it's on a dolly from the side and mm-hmm. they just kind of slide from lot, one yeah. set to the next, mm-hmm. which one really like that. Mm-hmm. It really, it's one of those things where, you know, in the era we're in, right, there are all the AI generated YouTube videos of like Star Wars in the style of Wes Anderson. So you see a couple of those and like, you know exactly what you're going to get. And he's like, oh, he did the thing. He did the he thing did the that thing. he does. Yeah. Well, so, and this is the thing too, whenever you like, you see people that like, I'll say imitate Wes Anderson, whether in parody or, or in or, earnest. Yeah. It's one of those where like they still just don't have it. It's just not no. quite there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just kind of like, this is kind of like the LaCroix of Wes Anderson because yeah. he just adds so <laughs> yeah. much so detail. In the other room like, Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Wes Anderson parked next to me once. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's the thing is like, people think it's just like you just deadpan. It's a dolly shot. shot. How hard could but it be? But you yeah. need all these extra little details in the background. Yeah. And well, and he does this stuff with like with if it's the the slide shot or it's the the deadpan center shot he does it with purpose when it happens it mm-hmm. ties to a story beat that somewhere else is, yeah. Yeah, it it's resonates not just for a reason just it's not like he's just is. going okay and now we need a, a slide pan it's when he does that slide in some of his movies I'm trying to remember an exact shot from this one but like he'll uh, stay. Like 
on a shot for a long time mm-hmm. and you don't realize it's about to be a slide shot. Yeah. And then when it slides, and then like a character goes to walk through a door and just whoop. you see why and now yeah. you're like, Oh, and like it like reveals more. So I, I don't know. I think a lot of people that make fun of his style, like you're saying, like it ends up coming off as just kind of like a, a, a pastiche or like, yeah. like, like, like a, a, a a fake, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. you got the mechanics, but you don't have the purpose of what, mm-hmm. what was happening. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say with, uh, Willem Dafoe's character of Jopling, I love when zero pushes him off the cliff because it's, <laughs> it's like you kind of know something's going to happen, Yeah. but it's the quickness with which it happens. <laughs> well, like it also, feels like he's interrupting something and it's like, ah, it's like well, falls so fast. <laughs> uh, like, like Gustav's like, it's about time boy. Or I whatever. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, been waiting for you to do that. Well, and yeah. like Rafe does such a fantastic job at portraying just this like morally ambiguous, but very oh, codified. Oh, person. I mean, like got this like yeah. own like little code of like chivalry with a mm-hmm. twist or something going on here. Yeah, there's like a like a um, an air of like dignity of like this is what we do, and then he does all these undignified things Thanks. also. But at the same you know? time, get your handkerchief out. This is what we do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, and I like the little bit at the or towards the end of the movie where mm-hmm. they you have the um, the secret society of of concierges. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that just what is like it? Keep, the of the keys or something? Yeah, like that. something like that. Yeah, keeper of the keys, I think. Yeah, or something. Yeah. And it just keeps going down the line and down the line and down the line. You got your Bill Murray. You cameo got the Bill in Murray. There. Yeah, of course. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, but I mean, there's, um, a, there's just a lot of really. Well, fun like it's funny because like there is a coherent plot to this story right there is but i feel like it's almost like the film is made up of moments where the camera opens and stuff happens and then it closes and then it opens again and we're in a different place and other stuff happens and then it closes and then you you keep doing that and as you go it builds into something yeah which i think it's it's a very fascinating way to watch a film i think too like for some people that probably have trouble with that with wes anderson movies it's because the plot isn't immediately clear. Like yeah, all of a sudden with it for a minute. Yeah. Like you're, you're getting these vignettes, you're getting, you're meeting these characters, you're seeing this stuff happen. And then all of a sudden there's just this one moment that happens and you realize, Oh, I'm emotionally invested in these characters. Got mm-hmm. yeah. When did that happen? And you're, you're like, <laughs> it's like, you're not it even aware. Oh yeah. yeah like, Cause like I'm getting worried about Jeff Goldblum. Well, like, midway through that film, I'm like, What's, wait, 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 what's going to happen to Jeff? Hey, hey, Jeff, 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 where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. Don't get into the museum where the no museum one's there. It's I know. 15 minutes. <laughs> well, and I, I love, like, the the scene where, you know, Ray finds, you know, uh, Gustav breaks out, mm-hmm. and then, like, he starts, like, going off on Zero, and then Zero's, like, has his whole confession. Like, I moved here because my family was, you know, well, I'm a refugee. Yeah. I'm a refugee. Like, and he just lays it all out, and you're, like, and, like you oh, start, like, oh, getting he's, like, blasting him for being an immigrant. Also, yeah. Oh, well, you're, then you're a refugee. Well, that changes everything. Yeah, and then he, <laughs> he immediately apologized. I take back everything I just said. I'm, t- you know, and it's I'm like terribly sorry. But yeah. it's that moment where like you realize that like these two dudes love each other. They yeah. care, but they really don't know each other mm-hmm. super deep. And like you feel bad for both of you. Like, oh my gosh, like y'all need to just be buddies. Stop it. <laughs> so that that's another one of those points where like you don't realize how invested you are in these tiny little characters until that hits, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like because yeah. that very scene in uh you know another movie from a different director would have played out way dramatically yeah like overly dramatic they would melodrama. have been there would have been a blowout they would have like separated not been talking the and then music would have like gone somber yeah. instead yeah. it's i immediately apologize the best part though is is then you hear the sirens and you're like the whole time as the as the audience like dude get, get out, out of the court you're worrying about the stupid perfume yeah yeah the 
Um, I really love the music in this movie too. Oh man, oh, yeah. I mean, the music. Yeah. One, it's a it's a earworm or a uh, ear bite. Ear bite, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> it sticks with you, right? Like, and honestly, again, going back to the moonshine, the play traditional. It. Yeah, play oh, that. Yeah, play, play it. Play that. Yeah. So listening to it, you know what part of it is? I think that that's in there, and it fits because it also came from Russia. Yeah, it's Tetris. Oh, there is a lot of Tetris in this. There is. So Tetris, I bet, I bet, because huh. I mean, it's a it's a Russian, yeah, design. Or yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I bet that's where the Tetris music comes from. Is this it, this kind of style? This yeah. style of style, music. Yeah. Oh man, I never even thought about that. Maybe uh, that's why I find it so addicting. But like, that's, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. Tetris <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah, because it has that kind of like stomping beat to it and I just like it's not so much the chord progression, it's like the 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 rhythm and the cadence yeah. between yeah. the notes. The blocks coming down. I can see a God, it's I can a three one. I can see the square and you turn it, you're like, what I turn it, it's still a square. Die, what am I doing? <laughs> Spinning for no reason. God. Yeah. But I yeah, I think the music is fantastic in this movie. Oh, I love it. And like and the thing is too, they don't they don't have just like one or two themes and they only use those. Mm-hmm. There's so no. many bits in here that really just layer on top and layer on top to it that one work for the scene but then also work as the whole kind of like overarching part of the film. Well, I feel like what they do too is that like a lot of the songs sound unique, but they sound like they work together. Yeah. Like they yeah. have a purpose. Well, they they stitch together in a I good way. I mean, they way. fit a, what feels almost like a culture, which is weird because this is based, you know, it's named after a Polish vodka. Yeah. It's based somewhere in Eastern Europe, but this is Russian. And then we have some other elements running around there. And it still all flows together. just works. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, I'm i in. You know, we've made up a, a fantasy land, but I can immediately identify it. Yeah. Based on the times and, like, what we're seeing here around. Yeah. It has a distinct personality that, like, feels right. It makes yeah. sense. Instead of it being like, well, that's a weird song. That feels out of place. And why is this over here? It just congeals. Well, and... It, I don't know. Maybe that's just Wes Anderson again, as someone who's seen one of them. <laughs> right. Maybe that's just his films. <laughs> it's a lot like, of his movies. The like miniature, that, yeah. like taken at face value, a lot of the miniature work. In if that was in Star Wars, we'd all just be like, Ugh. like but it's yeah, not. It's, it's, oh, it doesn't fit be, that style. Yeah. It's not yeah. meant to be good per se, but the way it's presented and used fits the style. Like it just flows together. It's for meant some to reason. be stylistic. Yeah. On yeah. purpose. Yeah. Well, and, and on that note, like the miniature work that he does, particularly of the hotel and like the, the, the little, sky the cars chair and everything, yeah. chairlifts, it's just, re- it's so detailed and really, yeah. really well, tactile. And, and I really like yeah. the way that they'll have the miniatures, but then they also use the shadows, mm-hmm. like a zero going across the rooftops that are obviously miniatures, but they also yeah. have him going and it's like, wait, was that actually... Hold on, this is almost like a stage play. Yeah. Time, where you had like a spotlight up on the up in the balcony, up and the dude balcony. just stood in front of it yeah. to cast the shadow real quick. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. So there's there's a really cool and I'll I'll find the video and I'll post it in the Discord whenever we do this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, or release, release this, this episode. episode. Yeah. Uh, but there's a really cool video that goes over a lot of how they not specifically for this movie, but, just but they his, all, but his just, methods in general. Yeah, of yeah. doing like the miniature work and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It came out for Asteroid City, but there's yeah. no like 
spoilers in it. I don't. No, think. it's just talking about yeah, his it's just process talking about like how they make it yeah. and like how they have to scale up so a lot of the stuff to do shoot. You, do you remember back in the day? So I feel like, especially mm-hmm. uh, like Disney Channel stuff, right? We used to get lots of shows that would just be like behind the scenes of yes. a film, like the making of Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. or whatever, and they'd go into like all this different. Yeah. I feel like we don't get as much. We don't of that really anymore. get that much. I anymore. really kind of hate so, that. What I have noticed is that like since I got back into collecting physical media and getting like 4K Blu-rays, they have that stuff on the special it's just, features. It's just on the special features. But you just, it's you just, have to manually go You have to, to look for it. Like, well, yeah. And a lot of it, like you can find the stuff on YouTube that's out there. It's just like you have to people search for don't it. think to search for like the making of mm, XYZ yeah. or behind the scenes well, XYZ. I just, I just miss you know. like, well, again, not to be, you know, the old person I am. But I miss, continue. you know, the Discovery Channel where it was just like, hey, for this hour block, it's just, you know, movie magic. Yeah. Right? Oh, right. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, here's like four different movies. Here's Jim Henson doing puppets. And you're like, that's so cool. Yeah. And it's like, here's Spielberg doing, you know, the Jaws animatronics or yeah. whatever. It's like, right. Wow. Like, this is all so cool. So um, just back to Grand back Budapest. To the, back to the plot. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a section of miniatures in this, of the city mm-hmm. where yes. they have basically five different scales of miniatures. Oh, yeah. Um, one in layered order to, on top to of To represent yeah. the layers. Yeah. To basically represent, like, the different distances of how far the shot would be and everything. But they're all, like, pretty much right next to each other in the actual studio. Right. But so it's, like, one's, like, one 1,000 to one 100 mm-hmm. to one 50th. Yeah. You know. They scale. And they use, yeah. like, a, like, a telescope lens yeah. to really compress it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, God, stuff like that. It's a lot of cool so, stuff. Cool. And, and those kind of techniques, it's not something that like everyone or any kind of director can just pick up and do. Yeah, no, no. That, that takes time and work and knowing the right people too. Well, I think where a lot of people look at Wes Anderson and kind of in a derogatory way are like, he's too artsy fartsy for me. He's too, you know. He's, well, he's just as artsy fartsy as Christopher Nolan is. Just in a different way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Every, every but director I feel like, is artsy fartsy. How else do you get the job as a director? Well, number one, that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? But number you, two, I think it's because he has a very quirky, specific style. Yeah. And someone like Christopher Nolan makes movies that anyone can watch and kind of like well, get I mean, a grasp he's had of. Very, I mean, you look at you know, the Batman, like he does superhero movies. And then he yeah. also did like Oppenheimer. Like it's very But I mean, from a, like a, a filmmaking standpoint, you can watch a Christopher Nolan movie and you're like, okay, I can pr- kind of parse out. He shot with a camera. When you watch the Wes Anderson stuff, to know that he had five levels of miniature and he shot with different lenses almost takes an extra layer of having used a camera yourself yeah. to fully appreciate the difficulty in that. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like you have, if you've used a camera, you have more of a, like a fondness for the, and an appreciation for like, Oh wow, this is cool. Like this is difficult. What he's yeah. doing, you know, as where like the average person's like, so what? He shot a dollhouse. I don't get it. You know, like um, well, I do want to give like a shout watching out. Stop motion is always just mind blowing because, like, yeah, when as soon as you see any behind the scenes that you're like, this is so much time. This is years of their life. And like if gone. you mess something up, like oh, I moved his foot a little too far. I got to start. That's it a all day's over. worth of work. We yeah. got to bring it back. Yeah. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to Tilda Swinton and As the actually oh, yeah. fantastic makeup job they did on her for like such a low budget, like. Incredible! She looked crazy as the Duchess with that, like, so, yeah. Uh, Wes Anderson, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so Wes Anderson is quoted as saying, "We could have cast someone older, but I really wanted Tilda Swinton." And I think he said that like, he was able to get her to do the part for kind of cheap. So he's like, yeah. so we're going to pay the most, the best people we can to do that makeup. <laughs> I told, I told Tilda, Tilda I'd buy her lunch and she said, okay, that's legal, right? <laughs> like, free hotel in Germany. And I don't know, we'll do a couple lunches. Whatever. First off, like that they, they stayed at the hotel 
is like resonating with me because like imagine you're trying to get into character and all you got to do is walk out in the hallway yeah and, uh-huh. and look around there. your room and you're like you're immediately in the vibe of yeah. like this story in this well, location and I, I feel that that kind of environment helps yeah to get into that that kind of like pastiche of wes anderson style filmmaking because like i definitely feel that it's not like you it's not like you're going to like a marvel production right all green screens yeah hey, you're yeah. gonna sit on a green block with a green background hold something that's also green and, and you're talk gonna to say a nonsense. dude wearing green has <laughs> <Right>. a <laughs> billboard on his forehead telling where his eyes actually are yeah and also how are you supposed to get into that <laughs> i feel like even though the like the jude law and f murray abraham sections aren't as big as the the main you know story oh, with like but Ray they Fines. feel they feel so sweet though. they do like they have they have in their own little, little pocket charm, universe yeah. that happens mm-hmm. in the middle there like they have enough charm and emotion there to where you're like oh man like I kind of care about this story too can we get a spinoff that's like this movie? <laughs> yeah well and like the kind of there's, I mean there's tragedy there right like he loses yeah. Agatha not long after they're married right yeah and you know obviously he. I'm pretty sure he even says, like, you know, how could there be anyone else after that or whatever? You yeah. Like, oh, man. Like, I want some of that, too. Like, yeah. man. Well, and it, it does. It has, like, a for as fantastical and fake as some parts of it feel because it's, like, it's not a real but, country. But that, but that feels really that real. That feels like real life. That feels yeah. like, you know, not everything has a fairy tale ending, you know. Well, and the thing is, too, that I, I think that he did a, a fantastic job with is we know just through just general context clues that Agatha does not survive. At least in, up until... At some point. We don't know yeah, how quick... We, we don't, the, yeah, we don't know if she dies in the story or, or she dies afterwards. And yeah. there's there's enough danger for her in this. You're like, I, I kind of worry about oh, this. Yeah, oh, no, when really. they said they got the girl's head or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh man. they oh, got Agatha? Also, that's a, what, a, what a plot pull, too. Because like they yeah. introduced the sister briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like... We're worried about Agatha. It looks like she's been snatched. Yeah. Uh, we got her head. It's like, oh, my gosh. If we kill the sweet baker girl, I'm going to be kind of got this. brought into this. Yeah, she's yeah. got pulled in. I'm a ma- Oh, it's the sister. Don't flirt with her. <laughs> also, that line is incredible. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. The chemistry on that is so good. I know. And ah. it's such a – it's one of those things that, like, that for me is like a Wes Andersonism. It's like such a quirky line. Don't flirt with her. And it keeps coming back. And by the end of it, when you've seen the breadth of their journey, you're just like, that makes it so, like, yeah. sweet that it's yeah. like, don't flirt well, with her. Well, it's, <laughs> it's something that, you know, if uh, Ludwig was saying it, it'd be a threat, right? Right. Obviously, Zero can't threaten, as much as he might want to. In <laughs> right. It's not really a threat to Gustav. Yeah. So it becomes, it goes from being, like, a threat to almost an endearing phrase between them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, yeah. like, he's talking up, you know, my girlfriend, my future wife so much, and, like, I agree everything, but don't flirt with her. <laughs> you know, like, hey, you're saying great things, but don't flirt with her. Yeah. 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 Ah, gosh. We could go on for a long time on the cell, my We thing. could. Yeah. But I think we are kind of winding down yeah. a little bit. We are, yeah. But before that happens, favorite scene. Mm. Yeah, that's right, boys. I'll put you on the spot. I think mine is the just the escape from prison, like from the beginning yeah, to the end of like the, the escape that ends with them, you know, having the the apology to each yeah. other, and then the escape, like they the the sirens go off and they leave, like the start of like let's go, boys, and they go under the table <laughs> to that. That's my favorite section right there. I think mine would have to be the the final chase with Joplin and um, and them like going down like the, the slope. The bobsled and the skis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, well, because like it's, yeah. you know, they get on the sled and he's like, you need to slow down. It's like, I can't slow down. We're just on this I now. can barely steer it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And I just like the the use of like the miniatures and that kind of yeah. stuff, and just how that sped up camera work. And the yeah. sped up it looks, yeah. But yeah, and also that realization of like I can't stop this. Like we're just gonna go and see where this takes us. And they're just both like, okay, and they come in yep. and they just keep going. What about you, Steve? Oh man, it's hard. It's really hard to pick something here. It Honestly, is. I think basically everything that has Jeff Goldblum in it. It's, it's all very amazing. good. He's fantastic. Well, well, he's reading good. the will for the first time. So Wes, Wes actually like said, you know, there's not a whole lot of actors who you can be like, here's a paragraph, get out there and own it. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. Goldblum does it more than once when he reads the will. And also when he does the whole, like, well, like to Adrian Brody and the sisters, he's like, well, there are problems issues or issues. Here. Yeah. And he starts going through it and it's just, the camera's just on him and he's just talking. It's, it's also <laughs> right? the cadence that mm -hmm. which he, he reveals the information mm -hmm. has its own like momentum Life. and drama. Yeah. yeah. And like, you don't have to do a whole lot of editing and camera work to make that work. And I, and that's just paramount to Jeff Goldblum as an actor. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that he's, oh, he's an extremely such, he's good, actor. A good actor. <laughs> they just think of him as this meme, like, ha, 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 you know, from Jurassic <laughs> Park. And it's like, he's just the accent. It's like, no, like when you see this guy really you're like, going after it well, acting, but like, it's the he, same he's good. thing, like going to Jurassic Park, right? It's yeah. the same thing with the whole chaos and the cup of water and like yeah. the water drops. Like in that sequence, when he is talking to Dr. Sadler, like he just kind of takes over the whole sequence. Like he's 100%. just kind of a presence well, in the back. I just want to review comments. Jurassic Park. I mean, Let's do it right now in media res. Yes. Let's start it. <laughs> Welcome to the Jurassic Park review. No. Oh, oh, gosh. Yeah. We, we have already taken up enough time. So would you rewatch it, Stephen? Being this your first Wes Anderson yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. And nice. I, I, I want to probably pull out a few others just to see them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this is this will be on a list to rewatch. Not immediately. You want to let no, it, you, you want to give it some time. Rest so, a little, right? So the um, uh, the three that I would recommend. Okay. For mm -hmm. you, be Moonrise Kingdom, Fantastic Mr. Fox, just because those I know that you would probably like both of those, mm -hmm. and then either Royal Tenenbaums or maybe Asteroid City. I, like again, Asteroid City was a good film, mm -hmm. but I think like it's too Wes Anderson. Fair enough. I haven't see, seen it yet. So see, I, yeah. I'm intrigued yeah. by uh, Life Aquatic. I and mean, Life Aquatic because is good too. Just mm -hmm. boats. I like boats. Yeah, yeah. Simple. I'm a simple. But, I'm a simple man. I see boats. I float. <laughs> you would really like Fantastic Mr. Fox as well. I don't doubt that. Yeah, because yeah. that's the heavy miniatures. Yes, yeah. it's all it's stop all stop motion. motion. Oh yeah, yeah. let's go. It's it's really good. I love me some yeah. stop motion. Uh, Andrew, you guys, would you rewatch yeah. it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think yeah. that was basically understood. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a fantastic movie. All right. Well, I think on that note, Aunt Ryan, you're also in the rewatch boat. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I've only watched this a few times. Like, it's probably one of my least watched Wes Anderson's just because it's one of his more recent ones. And I feel like I yeah. wore out some of his earlier ones as soon as I caught it. Because it was like, first time you watch it, you're just like, oh, wow. Second time, I'm watching every, every shot. Detail, yeah, yeah, looking for details. Third time, I'm just enjoying it again. Fourth time, I'm back to the details. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, well, on that note, I think we've given a pretty pretty hefty recommendation for this yeah. film. Yeah. If you haven't seen any Wes Anderson, this is probably a good place to start it from, is, from my own personal experience. Yeah. Uh, but before we go, yep. we need to promote the Patreon. We always have to talk about Patreon. For just $1 a month, you yep. can get access to all of our bonus episodes, bonus content like commentaries mm -hmm. and Patreon picks, polls, and all that kind of stuff. We have some fantastic ones that we've done. We have a great um, trivia episode or game show where we are basically doing um, me and Ryan are going back and forth about uh, 
So, so I gave movie, out four mo- yeah. movies all okay, from the yeah, same year. I was year. trying to think of how to describe what I, we yeah, did. So, so <laughs> yeah. I give them it was four like, movies all from the same year, and they have to be the first to buzz in and pick which one had the highest international gross box office. Yes. And if they want more points, give me the year. Yes. And let me tell you, that comes into huge play. It is a much tighter battle yes. than I, any of us thought it was going to be. So yeah. it's like a box office quiz episode. That yeah. was good. Also, if, if you like James Bond at all, we have like one where we went back and forth on like the Bond openings. Oh, man, like almost songs. came to blows and while then I cackled in the corner. We have one where we rank the James Bond actors of like who did Bond best. That's a wild, And wild I mean, episode. if you want to just get wild and wacky, we just pulled up presidential portraits and decided if we could take them in a fight yeah. or not. So just $1. Uh, if you can't spare the dollar, we totally understand. Yep. Uh, there's other great ways to help support the show. If you would leave us a review on your podcast provider of choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Apple's, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. They all help a ton bubbling it up. Yeah. Uh, but just you know, share us with a friend. You see one of our mm-hmm. posts on socials, share it, leave a comment. Any of that helps. Yeah, it, would, yeah, it makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that note, I do believe that is all the time we have for this episode. So until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And every spoiler was intended. <laughs>